Taste of Country Nights with Evan Paul On Demand, Episode 65 with Jelly Roll. You can't walk into a truck stop and take a poop and not hear Son of a Sinner. <laughs> if you're in a truck stop long enough to use the bathroom, you will hear Son of a Sinner, dude. And I maybe take my time when I'm there, but I'm telling you, I hear it every time I go. As soon as you sit down, you know what verse it's yeah, on. Yeah, I'm just everything. hanging out waiting. I'll hear Jimmy Allen. I'm like, I know I'm coming. <laughs> like, it's got to be soon. Oh, man, we had a lot of fun with Jelly Roll. This guy is taking over the country music scene. We talk a lot in depth here about uh, his background, you know, addiction, uh, being in juvie, his daughter, how he's making it in the country music scene, who's helping him. Uh, it's a very good conversation that we had and i really appreciate you checking us out as always give us a like a subscribe a comment a rating it all helps us out it's evan paul here with jelly roll what's up man i'm here baby i'm excited live and well baby yes sir where you've been on the road a ton where have you been recently that you've heard son of a sinner and you were like that's me so here's the coolest thing about the success of son of a sinner is i've been touring this whole year you can't walk into a truck stop and take a poop and not hear Son of a Sinner. If you're in a truck stop long enough to use the bathroom, you will hear Son of a Sinner, dude. And I maybe take my time when I'm there, but I'm telling you, I hear it every time I go. As soon as you sit down, you know what verse it's yeah, on. Yeah, I'm just everything. hanging out waiting. I'll hear Jimmy Allen. I'm like, I know I'm coming. Like, it's got to be soon. Uh, well, country music hasn't always been receptive to artists you know, from other genres and stuff. What do you think helped you get past some of that skepticism? I think they felt a real authenticity from it. I think that people knew it wasn't a cash grab. Like, traditionally, it's old rock dudes that band broke up, and they're like, all right, well, let me come do. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think for me, they were like, no, this is a homegrown story, and this is a homegrown kid. And, you know, I think to some degree, they was like, I think he deserves to tell his story. And I also think that, you know, countries and eras, right? And I think that they, it was, they were in need of some country that wasn't, you know, um, truck-driven or, or uh, hunting-driven. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Nothing against those two things. Those are my favorite songs. I enjoy both. Yeah. But I think that I brought that to the table, too. That was like, okay, we know we're going to get a little something left of center from Jelly. Do you think being from Nashville or living, growing up here helped? I think it, you know what? I think it hurt me for the longest time. And I think right now was, I think I couldn't have been a better timing to be from here. Okay. And the explosion of Ernest, Connor Smith, Chris Young, Morgan Wallen. You know, you got all these guys that Dustin Lynch is from Tullahoma. Mm. You know, you get all these guys that are turning into big songwriters or big artists that are all Tennessee boys. It definitely didn't hurt to be a part. You remember when Georgia just took over yeah. Nashville? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody yeah. else remember this moment? Aldine, there was a moment. And, yeah, Aldine yeah. Brian, Swindle, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gilbert. I mean, there was just like <laughs> a entire, you know, yeah. just huge group of people that came in. Yeah. And, um, I think that this was kind of what we did for Tennessee recently. You know what I mean? It, name me another artist that needs to be. Who's the next Jelly Roll that needs to be on country radio? Oh goodness, Struggle Jennings, one hundred percent. I don't know if I'm allowed to say the struggle. Don't hate me. Struggle Jennings is working on a country album right now. Uh, I came and wrote with with him on a, on a song. Um, he's got an incredible project. It's coming out next year. I'm trying to get. I hope the next Waylon and Willie, me and him, do together. Are it. I hope. I hope struggle. You know, comes over. I think Ryan Upchurch would be good for the format. If you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. If we could ever get him to dial in, he's just. He just loves rap so much. He's yeah, just yeah. such a rap guy. <laughs> but I think Struggle's completely ready to commit. So that that's my that's my hope is to bring Struggle. Just kind of like how Ernest brought me over. I got you. I got so you. I think it'd be a cool way to do it that way. 
I love how like raw and uncut you are, especially on social media and stuff. But like, so like I've been caught up in the jelly roll tornado is what I call it. So like I'll post a picture with you or something and then it'll just go crazy. But then the comments, 98% of them are great. Right. There's a few haters out there and stuff. How do you learn to compartmentalize that and not take it personal? Well, that's when I knew I was getting successful. So when all the comments were just love, 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 I was like, we haven't made an impact yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I was like, I knew that I knew that we were hitting critical mass when people just start judging you for how you look. Like they see a picture of you or a video and don't even listen to it. And they're like, who's this fat guy? You just see like just hatred spew from people, you know? Because that's just part of what comes with success. I knew I used to tell my wife that all the time. There used to be, a, I don't know if I can say this, on, I might get trolled for this, but there used to be an old joke back in the day that you wasn't famous until they accused you of having HIV. You know what I mean? Like you knew somebody was famous when they was like, we heard Michael Jackson's got AIDS. Yeah, okay, okay, you know what I mean? And that's sad, yeah, yeah, but that yeah. was like the symbol of full-blown success was when finally somebody created a rumor about you that wasn't true. You right, know right, saying? right. So I see, that makes total sense, yeah. yeah. And for me, it's like I'm not driven by hate, and I'm not bothered by it neither. I'm driven by love, man. That don't bother me, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I know the impact I've had on this life. I know how many people I help with my music. I know how genuine my spirit is. I know who I am as a human. I don't, I don't care what a stranger says about me. I don't care what a dude who thinks he knew me from high school says about right. me. You know what I mean? But definitely don't care what a stranger had to say. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, compare Christmas 2022 that you're going to give your daughter to one of your Christmases growing up. It's incomparable. You're trying. This is apples to oranges, dude. That little thing. She, you know what's so funny? She's been spoiled for so long that she don't even ask for Christmas stuff. She's like hard to give stuff for. She's like, yeah, just whatever you want to get me, you know, because she knows we're gonna hook her up. Right. You know, I think this year should be the year. I was like, I think I'm just gonna give you a high five and see what next year she has a list. But uh, no, nah, she's she's great, man. I think the coolest thing that she'll get from us through the holidays is that she gets time with us. And we didn't get to spend a lot of real family time together like that when we were younger, you know? So she yeah. gets to really hang out and spend some time. What are you going to do when she starts dating? She already has. No, what She's are you doing? What are you doing? Just, you know, just clean the gun. And, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. I trust her. I trust her and I trust her decision making. How is she with the fame that you're getting now? Because on a 14-year-old, that's got to be like either great or not great. You know, she's dealing with it well. The cool thing is she didn't realize it was happening until now. Like, weirdly enough, no matter how successful I've been on the independent level, it's like playing the Bridgestone and stuff like that has made her go, oh, okay, no, dad's on fire. Okay. Like, here's a, this is a big deal. You know what I mean? It's like, to her, it finally registered. But she's just so cool. Lucky for me, where she goes to school at and that group of kids and they just, they don't care, man. They're just normal 14, 15 year olds. What's it like when a guy like you like rolls up to a parent teacher conference or like goes into the school? Like, like today I had to drop my kid off at daycare and, and all the guys that, that drop their kids off wear suits and stuff. And, right. and I'm not by no means like, you know, but what's it like for a guy like you walking through the hallways at daycare type thing? Oh, dude, you know, when she was in kindergarten, it was so funny because all of her little friends would go, what is all that stuff on your face? And I had these, you know, kids, they're so gullible. It was so awesome. I was like, you won't believe this. I only draw this on when I come see y'all. So y'all are excited about it. And they believed it, right? So finally, one day they go, how do you draw it on the same way every Every time I say, well, I got the little sticker things now because I've been coming so much. So, yeah, now it's funny because some of Bailey's friends. Ooh, and I hope they listen to this because I know you're country music fans. You people listen here. You got to listen. 
These friends' mothers will let Bailey play with their children, but won't let their children come to my house. Wow. Right? Yeah. That's where they draw the boundary. They're like, ah, <laughs> no, his wife dresses provocative, and he publicly drinks and smokes pot. They're not going over there like, I'm the guy that would be hosting the field party and uh-huh. feeding the kid booze, and I'm the total opposite. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, really, I'm not strict on Bailey, but I don't play. I play zero games with her. She knows there's a fine line between my dad's cool, but my dad ain't cool. Right, you know what right, I'm saying? right, right. So it's just that that hurts my feelings because I'm like, oh, y'all are just judging me, man. And I'm yeah. actually, you know, I'm no different than you. The difference is you smoke pot when everybody's asleep and hide it, and I just don't care. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't, I don't feel the need to hide it. Like who's you the do. coolest person you smoke with? I can't say. Okay, I okay. can't. So I'll tell you the people I can't. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, be real. 100%. Okay, okay. Because to me, B-Real's on Mount Rushmore pot, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. B-Real's From up Cypress there. Hill? Yeah. Okay, okay. B-Real, for, I did a tour with Cypress Hill for their 20th anniversary Okay, through the South. I and, mean, but like, are we talking like the ones you can't talk about are like a president or something? No, they're not political figures, okay. but they're, you know, once again, sadly, they're guys in this town that were just really cool hangs that are all stoners that- <laughs> Nobody you know, knows. That no, the only one I can publicly say is Ernest, because Ernest is like right, me, but yeah, yeah, Ernest is a fun hang. But, yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like not enough people talk about your mullet, so I want to give it its space right now. <laughs> I was waiting on you to throw me a curveball. I knew it was coming. <laughs> it does deserve its own space, though, for sure. It swings. It swings. It's a beautiful thing. I've been working on this thing yeah, for a while. sweet, man. dude. Well, I messed up. I wrote Long Hair, Son of a Sinner. And then I cut my hair right after I wrote it. Yeah, but it's and, still, you know. Yeah, and then the record got started getting big, so started growing the hair back out. <laughs> yes. And now it's catching up. Um, your new song, one of your songs you put out, She, uh, about addiction and yes, stuff sir. like that. But like on your Twitter, you're an uh, alcoholic, yeah, certified alcoholic. Yeah. Uh, but you're working with, um, you know, people that have struggled in the past. So where where do you stand on addiction? Like, is it in your life, around you? Yeah, no, so... For me, I've had so much addiction around me and so many people around me lose their life or lose their families or lose somebody they loved over an addiction. So how I look at addiction, you know, when I wrote she, you got to think for me, she is my mom, right? For me, she is my child's mother. These are both people who have overcame addiction in my immediate life, you know? So that's just the closest tentacles to me that stretches to cousins and uncles and nephews and nieces and just beyond, you know, friends and family. So I, I'm totally against it. That goes back to my pot rants. I go on all the time is that I think we should take a lot of these prescription pharmaceuticals off the streets and this fentanyl and this mm-hmm. heroin off the streets. And I think we should subdue it with CBD and THC and give people a alternate. The drinking thing is to me, it's a joke and I'm glad we get to dive deep about this. I do party. And people who party with me know that I really party. But people also know I'm a grown man that parties when it's time to celebrate. We make a big joke because when you do go out with me, it gets really dark. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going out every night. You know what I mean? So it's cool to actually get to talk to somebody about this on a real level and not like a funny way. I got you. Because, you know, I definitely enjoy a drink and a cocktail. But right now I haven't drank in two weeks just because it's been all focused for what I got going on in my life. There's been no time to stop and enjoy. Right. Then now I'm going to have a moment here Friday. I'm going to get blackout drunk, right? You know what I'm saying? I'm going to just, I'm going to go dark. Hide you know? your phone. Hide yeah, your hide, phone. Yeah, everybody, we're taking phones, y'all. It could, it could get crazy. Are there any tattoos you regret? 
I used to say every one of them, but I think I don't. I don't. I don't know, man. I've had them for so long. I don't think about them. Mm-hmm. I obviously look, and it's like anything else in life. If you get to do something twice, you'll always do it different the second time, mm-hmm. just because you learned so much the first time. So if I did do it all over again, I'd have a way better plan, right? I'd pick one artist and a big artist, and I'd pay a lot of money because it's a lifelong thing. But I love looking down and seeing these sticky notes that are stories of my life all up and down my arm. I want to play something for you that uh, Brantley Gilbert uh, said about you. It was like us recognize each other in the room. Uh And when I met him, it was like, okay. Immediately, this dude's real. It's really yeah, real. like I, in my opinion, as soon as you get a face tat, like you're you're for real. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the next level. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So as soon as I saw him, I was like, he's all in, real deal. Yeah, he's man. I, I tell you what, there are people that say that they're that kind of individual a lot, and there are a lot of people that want to be that. You know, every, almost everybody in our business is kind of obsessed with being real and authentic. They don't get no more real and authentic than that, Bubba. Oh, I love that guy, man. I've been so blessed to have him as a friend, dude. Me and Struggle was talking about this at lunch yesterday. I said, you could have not told me three years ago that Brandley Gilbert would be probably be in the top ten most spoke to people in my phone this year, in any part of my life. But I think I've talked to Brantley on the phone more hours than anybody but my wife this year. I mean, that's my buddy, man. That dude is one of the best dudes in the business. And watching Heaven by then catch some traction has been one of the greatest joys of my life. Yeah, it is a good song. I'm glad to see see him getting back where he deserves to be at. Yeah. Well, dude, man, I'm glad to see you getting where you deserve to be, brother. Thank you, man. Yeah, thank you so much for coming by, man. We've only just begun, baby. You know me. I'm coming anytime. Yeah. (laughs) We'll bring in Billy Dukes from behind the camera to talk about this interview with one of my favorite country music artists, Jelly Roll. Jelly Roll wouldn't name names in terms of who he's smoked with. Uh, outside of be real, but who do you think he was talking about? Like a category of person you thought maybe he was alluding to? Oh, I would say a Kenny Chesney, oh. a Darius Rucker, um, a Dirks Bantley. I would say like, it's weird to me. I was thinking about this the other day too, and that's why I wanted to bring it up with him is that there is... Uh, like a, some sort of a uh, the country music scene is a little behind on on weed. For I sure. think there's like a a stigma. I don't know if it gets into the political realm. Uh, I don't know why. If it is that why that it's I just a know, conservative, it, socially conservative train of thought by and large. Yeah. Um, you know, I, you know, when he said that, I didn't necessarily think artists, I thought he was like talking about like music row types, like famous executives or people that wear the suits. That's where I thought he was headed. Oh, okay. Interesting. I didn't even, I didn't think about that. I could see that too, but yeah, I, I think that there's just, uh, who was I just talking to? Oh, I was just talking to Randy, uh, was, uh, Randy Hauser and, yep. I was like, uh, so for Christmas, you know, what's your favorite Christmas drink? And, you know, he was talking about how he doesn't like to drink really at home because he's always out on the road drinking and he just likes to relax. And like when you hear that, like to me, that is like, I'm like, just say what you want to say. But I know that to me, that's like he's probably just going to smoke weed a little bit, you know, and. And relax, you know what I'm saying? And and like Brantley, when we talked to Brantley, 
uh, he'll always just refer to it as uh, I like Willie Nelson, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like um, I feel like we're missing that. We need that Willie Nelson back. You know, we need I guess Jelly Roll and Ernest and those guys are those guys. But, you know, the guy that is just not afraid to and it goes beyond weed is just not afraid to stand up and say whatever they want. But there's so many implications nowadays money-wise and politics-wise that it's tough. Well, I'll tell you a couple things. Randy Hauser, definitely, I think you're right on the money there. I've had long, on-the-record conversations that we've printed on Taste of Country about him talking about um, smoking and and the therapeutic uh, things it does for him. But uh, I went to the Jelly Roll show in Nashville a couple of days after you spoke with him, and he had about a 90-second little political speech about legalizing marijuana and getting um, fentanyl and getting um, oxy off the streets and replacing it with marijuana. Like it was a, a stopped the show kind of stump speech for pro pot during which is rare, especially in a country music show, but it's rare, I think for any type of concert. Do you think that um, he's able to, to do that because he like uh, is already successful in other genres that it, it throws up the like, I don't care, like whatever, man. You know, and same with, with Ernest. He's a songwriter and is already successful writing some of the biggest songs that are on the radio. And, you know, now that he's an artist, he's like, you know, I don't care. I'll say whatever I want as opposed to someone that's just gotten off, gotten off of music row and Broadway, you know, playing yeah. for, for 10 years, like a, let's say Elaney Wilson, just off the top of my head. Cause that's, I know her story is that she was playing, you know, in Nashville on the, in the bars for 10 years, you know, she splashes into the scene. It, it wouldn't really, I guess, make sense to, to just be like, uh, yeah, I smoke weed, you know? Yeah. I, I think that's absolutely it. He's not worried about making his house payment. So, and, and, <laughs> and I, and I, I kind of mean that literally because I think sometimes you can hear like when an artist kind of comes up and hits a certain status and then maybe they get married and have a kid and their their music softens. It's like, oh, all of a sudden that guy is worried about paying rent this month or making making the bills. Maybe he overextended yeah. himself. So we're getting this kind of milk toast brand of country music when it was fairly edgy. Jelly Roll is not worried about making making rent anytime soon right and then i is i think there's another level too like the jason aldean level where it's like you keep it quiet your whole career whatnot per se and then once you have like so much money it's like well now i'm just i'm gonna say whatever i want i think too people really overestimate how much people artists want to talk about like politics and, and things like this or how much how formed their opinions are you know what i mean like if I was to ask you like about guns or something like that, like, do you have like a really clean opinion on the gun debate that you could like bring to the table on the spot like that? No, I'm more concerned with like doing my show. Yeah, you're right. Like, I, yeah, no. I have some general thoughts, but like, yeah, I would, I would try to answer and stumble into something stupid and then it's not what I meant. And like, <laughs> I don't want to deal with, with all of that. A lot of issues. And I think that's yeah. probably where a lot of artists are as well. I feel bad for these artists. I say this all the time. I feel bad for them because like at the end of the day, they... Man, they just want to make music and play music, and then they got to come in and, you know, and I know it's part of the deal, but, you know, they got to come in and talk to us, and we're asking them all these questions about their kids, and, you know, I'm Thomas Rhett, when's the last time you cleaned your fridge filter? Like, the guy just wants to sing country music. <laughs> you know, I feel, you know. 
you mentioned Jelly's daughter, and I thought that was the most interesting part of this interview is how he kind of, that's a, just a real thin line between this life he lives on stage and then this life kind of as a, a disciplinarian at home with a 14-year-old daughter who's probably, I mean, she's right in that spot where she's kind of looking around, coming into her own, maybe going to make some good decisions and maybe a few bad decisions. Like, that's how he balances that, I cannot imagine. Yeah. Do we know the, um, I didn't really want to get into it with him, but do we know like the backstory of the, the mother of the child and, and, and does he have full custody of her? So he kind of told you when you were talking about addiction, that the song she has to do with his daughter's mother, that was, she was one of the inspirations for that. So he does have full custody, him and his uh, wife, Bunny raise the daughter's name, Bailey. Uh, I don't know the birth mother's status at this point or like how in the picture he is, but I kind of get the sense maybe that it's friendly. Um, I, I think the other question that like no one's asked him yet, and maybe we can save this for next time, is according to the internet, he has a second kid out there somewhere. And I don't know anything about that child. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Like, does this, does the internet say how old? I have not gone down the rabbit hole far enough. To find out. Dang. When did you know this? You should have told me. Well, I kind of <laughs> just glossed over it. And I, and I kind of almost wonder, like, maybe if I read something wrong. I hope I'm out, out there spreading rumors. But, like, um, yeah, I, I think I just kind of glossed over it. But there's so much with the jelly roll. You see a little detail like that. But then there's so much other stuff that's kind of sparkly that you kind of, you almost forget details <laughs> that are kind of really yeah, critical. Yeah, no. You're right. You're right. I really yeah. enjoyed talking to him about tattoos, too. I think... Uh, I stick to my guns, man. When you get a face tat, like that's that's when you officially I can do whatever you want in life. Like you do not care about anything. I love that. His daughter joined him on stage, by the way, uh, for that concert. I, oh, I saw something about that. Did she? Was she rapping? Yeah, I thought it was gonna be like because he introduced her. He's like, "Oh, it's my daughter." She came at me with this fully formed song about dealing with her mother, um, going through addiction. I'm like, oh, well, this will be a nice, sweet moment. And they just dropped the hammer on this thing. And she was, like, singing. But then she had a whole verse, two verses, a rap. And she, I mean, it was like she did her thing and it just kind of mic dropped. And they went on their way. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was wow. I was like, dang, that girl's got some moxie. You don't think she was, she was didn't, didn't look nervous? Maybe a little bit at the start, but it not. She didn't hold back. I'll say that. That's awesome. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. I mean, <laughs> the concert gotta was be wild, w- absolutely wild. Yeah, it's got to be it's got to be tough. Uh, it's got to be good and bad to be like um, her right now. It's got to be tough for a fourteen year old. But on the other hand, I mean, it, it will be pretty cool. Like if you know, if my if I was fourteen and my dad was Jelly Roll, I'd be going nuts. But you know, I don't know. I'd be like going nuts positively. I'd be like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so my dad's jelly roll. <laughs> you know. Let me ask you this question. The last question, I guess, is like we've had Brantley now and, and Jelly Roll, and I think you would admit that you mesh pretty well with those two artists. I think on paper, you don't have much in common with them. But what is it about them that you sort of connect with? I mean, in the room, you clearly get along better with those artists than you do a lot of other artists like what is it about them i don't know yeah yeah i don't know i think that it's I, I don't know i had like uh 
when I was in my early 20s, one of my best friends um, was like really into hardcore metal. And I'm, I am not into hardcore metal at all, but he like taught me a lot in life as far as like the people with the most tattoos are always the nicest. And it's something that you don't really think about. And it's always stuck with me. And it's, it's kind of true if you, you know, as long as you're not rubbing them the wrong way. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But if you figure it out, let me know because I'll bottle it up <laughs> and we'll sell it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thank y'all for listening to Taste of Country Nights on Demand with me, Evan Paul. Go ahead and give us a like, a rating, a subscribe, a comment, uh, show it to your friends. Anything you can do always helps us out, and we appreciate you so much. Taste of Country Nights on Demand is part of the Town Square Media Podcast Network.